Hello, my little beautiful people, my little elves, my little Mr. and Mrs. Clauses. I mean, we're rolling up on on Christmas. We are. Hi, everyone. That's Jess. It's me. We're back. I am really excited about this Christmas because... I haven't had the greatest of holidays in a really long time. I don't know. It just like the energy. Every holiday is just has been off for a minute. Mm -hmm. I won't say why I think it was. (laughs) I think I know exactly why the energy was off. But I got my Christmas tree up. Mm -hmm. And it just for the first time in a minute feels like Christmas. (gasps) Which is amazing because Ocean's here. It's her first Christmas. I know. And it was so sweet because we took her out the other day and Mm -hmm. she got to see like they do this thing by it's at this mall. Mm -hmm. And at a certain time every night, they make it snow and then Santa comes in. Okay. So... Ocean has seen Santa Claus. She's seen it somewhat snow. The other night they did like a huge fireworks show. So she's seen fireworks. Like all of these little firsts that I've seen where I'm like last year this time she was like in the belly. Isn't that crazy? And your tree looks gorgeous. Your house looks gorgeous. Your stockings are so chic. Also stockings are hung by the fire. (laughs) They really are. Also Lala. I put it on my story, but what? the other night, Kyle and me and Margot were at a mall at night that does fake snow that Santa appeared. And I wonder if we were at the same <laughs> Were we at the same mall? Maybe. Or owned by the same people? Yeah. It was just so cute. That's really cute. Did she, could you tell, like, watching her, could she, did she kind of know what was going on or was it a little too much? No, she was yeah. very interested in what was going on, but she gets this look on her face. It's kind of like when she saw the fireworks. And of course, I cover her ears. So yeah. She can't hear it because they're loud. But she gets this. She's a very curious little girl. Mm-hmm. She like when I push the button to the elevator or she sees like an exit sign, like anything and everything. She's so curious what it is and how it works. It's so cute, too, to watch yeah. her little eyes like you. You are the one that mentioned this when we're talking. We'll be Lala and I will be in a full on conversation and it'll be like eerily quiet around us. And Lala will look at Ocean and Ocean is just sitting in her little jumper or is sitting with Gigi staring at our and like Lala will talk yeah. and Ocean will stare at her and then I'll talk and Ocean stares at us. I'm like, is she? Does she know what yeah. is going on? As it's she gets amazing. older, I won't be able to talk in front of her. No. <laughs> because she listens. She does. And I'm like, oh, God. That's a big sign of intelligence, though, in babies. She's a baby genius. She takes after me. She is. I'm she a genius, does. obviously. You are a genius. <laughs> okay, so you did Christmas. I went to community college. I'm goddamn brilliant. Oh, my God. College doesn't mean anything. We know this. I mean... One of these days, yeah. One of these days, I may pull an L Woods and be like, "Fuck it, we're going to law school." Speaking of L Woods, I'm really into that. I don't know if I'm breaking this news to you, Lala, but as of this morning, Kim Kardashian passed her bar exam. (laughs) I okay. Is it that? Is it crazy that I have chills? You did you know that? Did I break it to you? You just broke that news. Isn't that that's no? You don't. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm inspired. That is amazing. 
So Lala Ken, our next lawyer, maybe. We'll see. I'll be a fucking savage. <laughs> you really would. I would represent women. You and your mom? Oh. Are you joking? Oh. Lisa would be the PI. Um, she would kill it. I would be like the head haunch. If I ever need anything <laughs> investigated, I'm hiring Lisa. And if you get your law degree, I'm hiring you. Because you can I could see you being a savage. Oh, I would be a savage. Especially representing women. I'm not fucking around. She's really not. So I'm excited for today's podcast. I know I'm excited for every single podcast, but I think it's important to be excited when we have another guest on. Do you watch Tiger King? Have you seen it? So I watched the first Tiger King, but I haven't seen the newer Tiger King. You haven't seen the newer one? No. Okay. Well, today's episode is amazing because I'm going to introduce everyone to the real Tiger Queen. <gasps> Her name is Bobby Brink. Okay. And she has a sanctuary for big cats and bears. Okay. Now, when Tiger King came out, it, we had just gone into lockdown. And I was so excited to watch it because I had heard that this was like the black fish of big cats. Yeah. And anyone who knows me well, when I saw Black Fish, which is about orcas in captivity, changed my whole life I thought I was gonna see something like that and as I watched it I was a little bit let down did I think it was entertaining yes did I think everyone on the show was not everyone did I think most of the people on the show were disgusting yes mm -hmm. I sat there and was like these people live on the same earth that I live on I don't relate we are not from the same place <laughs> that is for damn sure like yeah just the thought process of how you could feel okay and justify what you're doing to these big cats. But it did. It shook me. I was like, these people are crazy. Don't relate. Don't relate at all. So is this year the same? This season kind this of This season, actually, I liked it a bit more because I felt like it was more of let's expose these people. Of course, the crazies come back and they, you know, spit their mumbo jumbo jargon where you're like, you're a moron. Yeah. And not even like you would you have to like just listening to it. It's like you're soulless. Mm -hmm. How could you see these animals kept in these cages? Like it, the fact that anyone has to explain it to them is insane. Strange to me. Right. Right. Yes. And but I loved it because the final episode of the first season where Joe Exotic is like, you know why they say animals die in cages? Their soul dies, and it's like. Yes, Joe Exotic. I hate that you had to go to prison <laughs> for you to realize what people are talking about. Yeah. But at least you understand now. Poetic they should justice. all be locked up. They're a bunch of crazies. Yeah. So anyway, I'm very excited to talk to Bobby because I think she and I are going to be on the same page. I think she's going to shed a lot of light mm -hmm. to that world. And I think there's a lot of people who still think like... <gasps> Big cats and we can hold little baby cubs. I'm going to take Billy and Susie this weekend. <laughs> and it's like, no, what are you doing? You there know? are so, so many people who still think that. And Lala, so many people who still go to like SeaWorld. And, like, it makes yeah. me physically ill. Yeah. And you can show them everything. You can say, look at this. And mm -hmm. they're like, nope. Yeah. It's flood for the kids. It's insane. I'm the crazy person that's like taking the six-year-old and I'm like, look at this! <laughs> <laughs> Traumatizing them. 
<laughs> but they know. They're like, they know. Yeah. Good. They don't want their mom to take them to SeaWorld after Lala has spoken to them. No, no, no. <laughs> That's good. Do the animals justice. See? Good person. Good person. So then has anything... So I'm excited. You're having Bobby on. You're going to talk to her. Let's play catch up. Has anything interesting or exciting happened to you lately? Well, exciting things happen to me daily. Okay. Love that. I find out new information daily, oh. which is like a punch in the gut, but mm. also amazing. You know, I, I'm in a strange, strange place mm-hmm. because I have my moments and I don't know if anyone on that listens to this podcast can relate, but I had felt like in the five years and eight months that I had been with he who we shall not name, mm-hmm. we had built a family. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And every day I find out something new that makes me feel Lala, you were so disposable the whole time. You meant nothing. You meant nothing. You were a possession, a shiny object, and nothing more. And I have to be okay with that. I have to realize that the person I have to deal with, I feel everybody serves as the same thing I served. Nothing more than just a possession. And that, to me, makes me sick daily because to learn the things that I learn and try my best to just keep my fucking mouth shut for my daughter, mm-hmm. not say a word about yeah. what I know, it can become torturous. And I have to sit and say, the universe will do its thing. You don't have to do anything, Lala. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is protect Ocean Kent at all costs. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a lot of women out there who just the level of deceit and betrayal, and it can break you, you know? There's moments I sit here and I go, how will I ever go out into the world and trust anybody ever again? But it's important for me to to learn how to do that because I know that there's a lot of women out there who are going through the same thing that I am. And it's not right. And I have I have to fight for them. Yeah. I have to fight for Ocean and I know that. Like that goes without saying that is my biggest and only priority. Mm-hmm. But I have another priority and I have to protect other women. I have to. Yeah. It's my job at this point. Mm-hmm. Because I can't unsee and unhear what I've seen and what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to apologize to everybody. I This podcast is amazing because I feel like we can share things and we get bonded. But at the same time, I, for a minute, I just need everyone to kind of roll with the emotions that I feel every day. Honestly, oh. I think you're reaching, though, these like you say all the time, the amount of women that probably and most likely are going through what you're going through and 
I mean, I know women personally who have gone through a lot less and who literally can't get out of bed for a month. Physically, they cannot get out of bed for a month. Oh. They're brought food. And I, wa I don't know how you do it, but I watch you every day and you find out new information and sometimes I'm there for it and sometimes I'm not. And it's, it's shocking how you just kind of soldier through and I know you're doing it for Ocean and it's and you're doing it for all these other women and it's it's really um I mean I, inspiring is not the word there's a word that's way 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 more powerful than inspiring but that's the only only thing that comes to mind right now I love you for saying that of thank course. you yeah we I don't think we realize how strong we are we need to give ourselves more credit and we need to when we sit there and we think like this has taken me out mm -hmm. your mind is very powerful mm -hmm. reverse that shit yeah. This is not going to take me out. Yeah. I'll be damned. You just got goosebumps. Yeah. The universe will do its thing. Mm -hmm. The universe always reveals people's truths. Yep. On a lighter note, mm. there is one thing that I'm actually very excited to share that I found out. <laughs> We're in the holiday season, so let's talk about gifts. Okay. So, he whose name we shall not mention mm -hmm. was talking to my mom one day about how some rappers take shitty diamonds and make them pretty. In my mom's mind, she thought, how do you know so much about this? Hmm. How do you know so much about this? So cut to I dip the F out mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. And I decide we're going to take my engagement ring to a jeweler who came highly recommended by some very high level people. They said, take this ring to so-and-so, have it looked at. So I do. Okay. Keep in mind, the jeweler, I won't say his name, you can Google it. Mm -hmm. The jeweler had been quoted in multiple publications saying that the ring runs in or comes in is valued at, appraised at, I, whatever. He used some sort of language. The ring is around $150,000. Damn. Okay? Mm-hmm. He whose name we shall not mention flew in four times to make sure that the diamond was perfect. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why he flew in four times to make sure the <gasps> ring was perfect. What? Here is the GIA certificate that the jeweler said you can't find copies of it. It's given to you. Right. Okay. Well, you pull it up on the in freaking internet. Okay. And it says the inscription, GIA, the number, treated color. This diamond has been treated by one or more processes to change its color. I ask my jeweler, who I'm talking to, what is this ring really worth? He tells me this diamond was most likely brown and that he would give me i won't say the exact number that he said he would give me but it's in the teens what now let's not get it twisted i love any type of of ring that is given and has sentimental value i don't care if it was a hundred dollars i don't care if it was a hundred million dollars i don't but for somebody I mean, no wonder he whose name we shall not mention flew in four different times. He had to make sure that the shit brown diamond was clear. <laughs> you know? This isn't funny. I'm just laughing because yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. 
So I called the original jeweler. I said, here's the deal. I took it to, and he did not want me to take it to another jeweler. He told me we can turn it into a pendant. We can do this, that, and the other. I said, I really just want to know what it's worth. And once I find that out, I'll decide what I am allowed to do, which if I'm allowed to get rid of it, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't want a pendant. I don't want this thing in my home. It's bad juju. Yeah. Bye-bye. So as I was talking to the original jeweler of the engagement ring, mm-hmm. he was obviously, he seemed a little stressed out. <laughs> you think? <laughs> he was a little stressed out. But he says, well, you know, and then he says his name we yes. shall not mention knew exactly what he was buying he knew the diamond he was getting oh i was like i don't doubt that <laughs> don't doubt that for a second oh no <laughs> i won't even lie just when when i went to my jeweler to have him look at it mm-hmm. and when he told me oh no <laughs> we were laughing our asses off stop rolling because it was like <laughs> par for the fucking course yeah of course it's worth or you know this jeweler will give me in the teens for what i was told was a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and even the jeweler was like why are you you're smiling is yeah. this a good thing and i was like no it's not it's just you know when you sit here and just the shit keeps piling up it's just like you gotta laugh and the original jeweler who made the ring yeah i said you you said a hundred and fifty thousand dollars you said i never said that i said yes you did i have it screenshotted you said it he goes on to say well it depends on who you ask the ring could be worth 10 cents to someone and 100 million to someone else i said not really what does that even mean (laughs) not really But okay. So there's the story of my engagement ring. At this point, though, are you, I really want to know, are you surprised? Was that, did that take you by surprise or were you like, oh, should have assumed? It just was like, wow, there's not one piece of my five years with this person that has been Mm -hmm. truthful and honest. The only truth. I feel that existed in my relationship was me and my daughter, Ocean. Yeah. That is where the truth ended. Yeah. That is a hard pill to fucking swallow. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Can I tell you, if someone came to me, my ex came to me and said, can I tell you what I did? I got this diamond for X amount of dollars. I literally, it was a shit brown diamond, but how pretty is it? I'd be like, good for you. Yeah. It's badass. But for you to parade around. Oh. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, because you are so low maintenance and you are so chill and cool about everything. And I don't doubt for a second that if that happened and said, oh, look, like this is this is the truth. You'd be like, hell yeah. Great. And I would have told all my friends, by the way, just go get a ship yeah. brown diamond. They've white it out. It looks like this. It's so hot. You know? Oh, my God. But you know what? When you are finally able to get back out into the world and trust people, the amount of people you're going to help daily by just saying, hey, here are some things I've been doing. Here are some things I've been learning to literally trust again. Like it's possible. 
people and their people are going to be following that. I know people personally who are going to be like, let me know what Lala does to trust people again, because right now I, I don't trust anyone. And you're going to help a ton of people. You really are. We're we're going to do that. We're I know that. we will. Yeah. We're, we're definitely, all of us are in this together. It is mm-hmm. with a strange world that we live in. Everything is so accessible. And, you know, after all of this, I sat there and I was like, I may not ever want to be in another relationship again. I am so okay on my own and by myself, Jess. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. And I am fulfilled. I don't. I use my little vibrator if I need to. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I do not need a dude financially, mentally, emotionally, any of it. Yeah. I just want to feel safe. That's it. But I I know and I know that and I told you are like you're one of the most independent people I know. But at the end of the day, it's always good to know there are people out in the world that I'm talking anyone. I'm talking family, friends, relationship that are good people. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest struggle is, you know, you can you can do whatever you want to me. I'll bounce back. I'm a savage. Mm hmm. We didn't just like get, I didn't just get knocked up with Ocean. There was a full conversation about trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and him knowing the lifestyle that he was leading and still made me feel comfortable enough to bring a baby into this world mm-hmm. makes me feel like physically ill. Mm-hmm. Because now I have to protect her. Yeah. And and I will, like, I will make sure I protect her so that she has healthy individuals in her life. Yeah. Yeah. And how lucky to have a mom like you. Yeah. Because, let me tell you, and the harsh reality is, there's a lot of moms going through this now who aren't fighting like you. So how lucky she is to have a mom that will fight for her, that will, for the rest of her life, fight by her side, that will teach her lessons. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's she's so lucky. She's so lucky. She's going to grow up and be an amazing force in Mm -hmm. this world. And, you know, I was getting an overwhelming amount of DMs. You know that I never used to check my DMs checking them now Mm -hmm. religiously but a lot of women reaching out you know he whose name we shall not mention a blog exposed all of his text messages and dms Mm. and so after that happened i had a lot of dms from women that were expressing their disgust for the fact that he whose name we shall not mention has a profile picture of ocean kent And how her sweet little innocent face is linked to these messages that he's sending to women. When I was reading these these women saying, like, that's so disgusting. I can't believe that that would be his profile picture while he's doing what he's doing. I was like, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what other word to use. My sweet innocent girl. It's disgusting. So we are going to, I hope you guys got a kick out of that uh, 
engagement ring story. I'm sorry that things keep we we switch from like ha ha ha. Oh, but I'm very upset. Listen to this ring. You know, we're hitting all the notes today. And so we will be right back with Bobby Brink. And you guys, I know I said last episode that we were gonna do voicemails at the beginning of every episode each week. But I really wanted to tell you guys the story about my ring. (laughs) So next week I'm going to be doing the first segment of the episode. The whole first segment is going to be your guys' voicemails. I can't wait. Call me at one eight six six lala pod You guys, it is finally shorts and t-shirt weather. My favorite kind of weather. Time to put the jackets and sweaters in the back of the closet where they belong. And if you're like me, I know you want to update your look for the summer, but you don't want to break the bank in the process. That's where Quince comes in. Thanks to Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking so chic all summer long. Quince has premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30. And this is my favorite part. All Quince items are 50 to 80% less than many similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes all those savings on to us. I am wearing my Quince cashmere tee again today, and I have no shame. I got the cream color. It's so soft. It's so comfy, so chic, almost as soft as the Quince waffle towels that I got to put in Palm Springs. We all are obsessed with those towels. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lala for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lala to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lala. I have been very transparent with you guys about my hair struggles between the pregnancy hormones and bleaching it all the time. I have been having some serious hair issues. And now with baby number two on the way, I'm already being proactive about my hair thanks to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And I am definitely one of those people. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. You can take the Nutrafol hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Because I know we are all different and we're on different hair journeys. Nutrafol makes building a hair growth routine super easy. Purchase online, no prescription required. You get free shipping and automatic deliveries so that you never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Give Them Lala listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LALA. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LALA. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LALA. All right, my loves, we are back with an incredible woman. She is the real tiger queen. Her name is Bobby Brink. She has a sanctuary called Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Hi, Bobby. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you. When 
I heard about your sanctuary. I had to have you on. I felt like most people's eyes were kind of opened to the exotic animal world and them being kept as pets when Tiger King came out a couple years ago during quarantine. Right. And I have to say, I thought it was going to be the equivalent of, I don't know if you've seen Blackfish, they speak about um, orcas in captivity. I thought I was going to be seeing something like that. I didn't get that. I kind of felt like this story took a turn and it was more interesting to hear about these characters rather than the well-being of these exotic animals. So I heard about your sanctuary and I just want you to tell us what you do and why it is different from, let's say, people like Carol Baskin. Right. Educate people. (laughs) So we are um, an accredited sanctuary. We're San Diego's lions, tigers, and bears in Alpine. And we rescue animals, provide a lifetime home. Uh, We're an education center. And then, of course, we're their voice. So we help legislation to protect them. And we work with the first responders all across the country. We go in places and help get animals out of places that they shouldn't be and help get them either here to our sanctuary or to a proper sanctuary. So we do a lot of work. (laughs) You do incredible work. And I think a lot of people go to sanctuaries. There are people, I don't want to say like you, people that kind of mask what they're doing by calling it a sanctuary, where would you say the red flag is? How do how does someone know what is a sanctuary and what is a place that is exploiting animals and using the word sanctuary to cover that up? Right. So a real sanctuary doesn't buy, doesn't breed, doesn't sell, doesn't trade animals. And you won't see a lot of babies or any public contact anymore. So if you're someplace where you're seeing a lot of babies come in or sur- somebody's bringing in surplus animals, they're just actually helping those other places to do wrong or they're doing wrong themselves. And one of the most important things that I tell my members here and my donors is know your animal, know the animal you're supporting, know where it came from, where it originated from, why it's there, its issues. And then, of course, when it dies. So it doesn't disappear out the back door to make room for a new one to come in. Really important. Okay. I I love everything you just said. For Because for me, I mean, you're the expert here. I always felt like if there's any type of, you know, the, the animal is use, being used to entertain you or you're holding, like making contact with the animal, to me, that is exploiting the animal. A sanctuary provides a place where the animal is basically living in its natural habitat or as close to it as you can possibly get. Exactly. How many people do you have working at your sanctuary? So we have 16 staff total and we have about 90 volunteers. You know, 20 of them are here every week and they're our core, but we have about 90 volunteers. So they do everything from helping clean up to just paperwork and going out in the community and, you know, teaching people what's going on, all different tasks. That's amazing. And how many how many animals do you have on property? We have here at Lions, Tigers and Bears, 68 animals, 17 different species. Everyone a rescue and everyone has their own individual story. Where would you say you rescue these animals, I mean, is it mostly, I 
the circus, I think, is kind of dwindling, at least in the United States. Would you say it's private owners of these animals? Circuses? Like what is what would you say is the the biggest place that you rescue from? I would say compensated animals that, you know, people are in trouble and they're taken away. Private owners given back as a pet or uh, places that just get in over their head and then they go broke. So that's another problem is places take in too many animals to provide the proper care. I mean, I can't imagine that it is cheap to feed these animals, take care of them. I mean, how much do you spend each year on these animals? It's minimum $10,000 a year just for food for a tiger. For one, for one tiger? Mm-hmm. Wow. So housing being the most expensive, building their habitat. And then, you know, they have to have a keeper, insurance, you know, electricity. They've got to have a pool with a water, you know, waterfall or circulating, circulating fresh water every day. So, yeah, very expensive. And then, of course, you know, going across the country to get animals out of situations, that's expensive, too. So it's not cheap, but, you know, we do it right and we give each animal a really good quality of life. That makes me so happy. <laughs> my my mom works for the Humane Society and, um, you know, we're big on animals from, you know, the little hamsters to the big old bears. So it's beautiful to see you doing all of this work. How did you decide that you wanted to be in this business of, you know, creating a sanctuary? Well, kind of by mistake, I was actually opening a restaurant and uh, in the hospitality business. And when I was building one of my restaurants, I saw lions, tigers, leopards for sale or lions, tigers, cougars for sale. And I answered the ad. This was in Texas and in 1990. And I've been working with the animals ever since I um came across a woman. I wanted to answer the ad and see what it was. And the first place I went, the lady lived on five acres. She had 30 breeding cats and all these babies running around her mobile home floor where you could buy one and take one home today. So that really caught my attention. So I started volunteering for her. And then I answered, you know, it's other ads and you just see the exotic animal trade there like it's night and day. And I've seen tigers for sale at cattle auctions in the Walmart parking lot, and they don't care who they're selling them to. It's just to keep turning the babies and keep making a profit. There's no federal tracking on these, on these animals. Nobody really knows exactly how many tigers are in the United States and how many are in backyards. There's no way to know. And we're just slowly getting state by state by state laws passed to protect the animals because so many disappear. You know, they're so cute when they're little and they use them for the photo ops. And so people can hold them and pet them and get their picture taken. Please, please, please don't do it. There's not one legitimate place in this country anymore. That's doing what we call the cub petting or cub handling. That's your first sign. And most of the animals disappear. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, one thing that I that I had seen about there was one white tiger in the world and basically any white tiger that popped up, they all tracked them back to this. Basically, they were all inbred. Right. And some of them are now at, I believe, is it the Mirage in Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. Their yes. eyes are all messed up. Like the amount of interbreeding, I mean, 
it's absolutely disgusting. And I can't believe that it's not taken more seriously. I don't even know what to say about that because I've been doing this since 1990 and trying to expose these people. And even even as you're seeing in, in Tiger King, they never seem to get in trouble for the animal abuse. They get in trouble for drugs, yep. for weapons, for sexual things, for mm-hmm. chi- child endangerment, um, as we see, murder for hire, mm-hmm. statutory rape, things like that. And then the animals always come second. And one of the, you know, the only explanation I can give for that is animals are still considered property. And until our animals aren't considered property, they don't really have any rights. So all of these animals that like Joe Schreibogel and these people have dumped and used for their drama and so they can stay in the media, nothing happens to them for what they've done to them. And many animals have died and they've killed many animals and everything else, broken the Endangered Species Act. And it just seems to keep on going. And I just... It breaks my heart. I But we just keep trying. What do you think would be the biggest way that people can start helping move this forward where we can make a difference? I mean, obviously, I try just through my little social media to inform people that don't go and support these places. Without our support, it's not a sustainable business anymore. But at the same time, There has to be legal repercussions for these people because that's the problem I had with Tiger King as well. It's like, why are the animals being placed like basically on the back burner? That's that was the the start of the show. That's what they wanted to portray was it was about the animals. And then I'm starting this. It's murder for hire. It's the statutory rape. I was like, we're losing we're losing what this documentary was supposed to be about, which was. It's about the big cats. It's about the exotic animals. So I was I was very disappointed that Tiger King took that turn because I was hoping it would be like Blackfish. My, myself too. I know. It's very frustrating. So we do, I just hope people finally get it and they don't support these places anymore. You almost want to shake people because you're showing your <laughs> it's like right in front of them and you're Are we trying, allowed? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we're not allowed, but it's just like I don't want I don't understand how it doesn't click that this is so wrong. And I think that it's beautiful work that you're doing and the fact that you started doing it in 1990, I believe is what you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're w- you were way ahead of the game knowing that this was so wrong. What was the first animal that you took into your sanctuary? Uh two tigers. Uh, their names were Raja and Natasha. Okay. And they came from Alvin, Texas. The man had bought them as a pet for his wife. And they were living in a, a six by 12 chain link enclosure, no top. And right after they got the cats, I guess they decided they were going to get divorced. And just to be mean to her, he didn't want her to have the cats. So they stayed in that six by 12, probably about six years, no shade, no shelter, one had to stand up for the other to lay down and turn around and they would, you know, have to fight over the food. You and I couldn't even survive that. But then finally he was getting in trouble and uh, Fish and Wildlife gave us 30 days to get the permits to cross the state lines and get a, habit, a suitable habitat built for them and, you know, get them out of there. 
And the guy agreed to let us take them. So we kind of lucked out there. So those were your first two animals. Here, here at Lions, Tigers and Bears. And that was 2002, September 2002. Wow. And then, of course, Natasha was pregnant because that's what he was doing. He was breeding them in that small enclosure and then pulling the babies. So what the breeders do is they'll pull the babies when they're about eight to 10 days old. Their eyes aren't even open yet. And they pull them from the mama and that will bring the female back into heat. But it's very cruel for the baby because now you know, it's not going to learn how to be a tiger and they're plugging a bottle in so people can hold it and get their pictures taken. What usually happens to the babies once they're out of that stage? Are they are they pretty much disposable for whoever has them once they're out of that cute stage? I mean, what we I know on Tiger King, a lot of things were thrown around like they would. They were being shot once they were out of that, quote unquote, cute and cuddly stage, gas chambers. What have you like, what do you think happens to them? Oh, I I believe that's exactly what happens to them from some of these breeders because they just disappear. And there's no there's no records of how many come and go within a year for each of these breeders. And it's they have to continue to have babies to keep their business operating for the photo ops. And I've seen, you'll see them pushing the limit of using them as they're older, but they're so strong and they're so big. And the USDA says eight to 12 weeks is their window of opportunity. So after that animal's 12 weeks, they're really not supposed to be supposed to be exhibiting that animal, but they do push that limit. But then they are continuously breeding more to get more babies. So they they say that 12 weeks is... They say you're saying some of these people will push the limit, but 12 weeks and then it's just so. So where what are these big cat? Are they the big cats that are, you know, full grown? They're not used for playtime. You know, you see them being walked around on leashes. Were these babies at one point? Do they just take in too many babies for the playtime? Like, why are some of these big cats staying until they're grown and older and being walked around on leashes? You know, I'm trying to get the logic behind which none of us are ever going to be able to figure that out. But some of the ones that you're seeing walked around on the leashes might look big, but they maybe are only two years old. And as they get older, they'll, they, they're, they'll disappear. And there are some cats that they do continue to work with. But they don't all work. So you, you'll you just see the ones that aren't workable disappear. That is just the the strangest business. It's disgusting. It's completely. <laughs> it's disgu- It's soulless. Mm-hmm. We are going to cut to a short break and we will be right back with Bobby Brink. So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press-On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part, zero mess. One step and you're done. The lash style options are endless, and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from. Impress, no glue manis, and press-on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes. The press-on falsies have a unique under-lash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours. 
The Impress Mannies have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress No Glue Press-On Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. That's our short break. We are back with the Tiger Queen. That's your that's your name. I feel like you should have a show of interviewing you and like educating people. This is this is what I was hoping I would see when it came to Tiger King. They should rename it Tiger Queen with you and you educate all of us because <laughs> you look like someone that would also get the job done. So I remember you saying that there's no like number attached to these animals. So when they're born, there's no record of them. How do we know how many big cats are in the wild versus how many big cats are in captivity in the United States? So there's no, there's honestly, there's no exact number, but one thing we do know, there's more tigers in the state of Texas than there are in the wild. I just got chills. And there's more big cats in Florida than any other state in the United States. So those are two of the key bad breeding, you know, breeding states that a lot of this started. Ohio, too. Ohio used to have all most of the bad exotic animal auctions. So there were no laws in the state of Ohio and you could go buy any animal that you wanted. Poisonous reptiles, not even from this country and carnivores, anything you want. So that has changed with SB 310. And um, actually, our sanctuary was the one that got the, the contract for the state. We moved 250 lions, tigers, bears, cougars out of just the state of Ohio alone that the wow. state compensated from these private owners. And a lot of people don't know the Amish will breed the exotic. So they have the um, those big, beautiful barns there. Some of them are puppy mills and some of them breed exotics to hold up and sell at these exotic animal auctions or the cattle auctions. So luckily, Ohio has really been cleaned up by the state. But we still do have places, you know, we call the wild, wild west where animals are still allowed. It's still perfectly legal to own them as a pet. Oklahoma um, is one of the places, you know, where Joe was, where right. GW, GW Exotics, Joe Exotic, and he got away with it for years and years and years. And, you know, myself and everybody else was trying, but there's just no laws to, there were no laws in place to protect the animals. Do you feel like we're, since this documentary came out, that we are getting closer to laws being put in place to protect these animals? When it first came out, I was kind of thinking, yes, but like, here's a perfect example that I've been working on. 
um, there's a man in Las Vegas right now trying to open up a tent on the strip in a parking lot with tigers. And he has, and he's showing them to the public as living in his house, as, you know, as his family, but he wants to start a magic show. So I, I kind of feel like that's like where they get, where they want to be in the media or the drama, like they want the drama to keep going. Like they want to be the next Siegfried and Roy, I guess. Like, why would we put tigers in a parking lot in Texas? Well, that ended very badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, you would want still, to be that. We're still working on that because I was just there and um, at the at the um, community meeting and it was Winchester County. They did say no, but it goes to Clark County now. And we're not sure Clark County is going to say no. You know, this should be a thing of the past. Abusing animals like this and exploiting them should be the thing of the past, especially in Vegas. Look what's happened in Vegas firsthand. Firsthand. I mean, audience members were traumatized. Someone straight up died because these are these are animals that obviously and it sounds so like as the words come out of my mouth, I can't even believe that I have to say them. Animals like this belong in the wild in their natural habitat like it just seems like you said it should be something that's in the past why are we still exploiting animals we know they can turn on us because they're wild i mean it just is horrific in any sense of the word and i just appreciate the work that you and your team do thank you so my next question is obviously because it's not cheap. You said a tiger is like $10,000 just to feed a year. How do you bring money in and how do you support? Because obviously you're not exploiting the animals, which many sanctuaries, quote unquote, do to bring in the funds. How do you bring in the funds for these animals? So we are a 501c3. Okay. We're a nonprofit. So donations. So um, we do a lot of digital like social media email, uh, community outreach, where we just set up a table and talk about what we do. We do different presentations for different groups. We have uh, group visits out here. So you can come out Wednesday through Saturday and they're at scheduled time. So we can take you around the sanctuary. We'll do behind the scenes. We do um, fundraisers out here, weddings, anything that uh, overnight. Matter of fact, I'm sitting in the retreat right now where you can rent out to stay overnight right out here with the animals so we do things like that to you know to raise the funds to do our work right now we we desperately need funds to build more habitats because we can't get these places shut down without having places to let the animals live right. out their life and they're not cheap you know you can imagine they're not cheap to build so we're constantly having a campaign to build the next habitat and we've just been building like one or two every year Wow. And in the same breath out trying to fight for their rights so this can stop because the surplus animals, we have to stop having surplus animals. They just, it's funny, when I first started working with these animals, I thought, oh, it's okay, you know, how they live. But I've been doing this a long time now. And the more you work around them, the more you know they don't belong. You can, they don't belong in a habitat or a cage. They're a right. wild animal. And like you and I, we can have the most beautiful house in the whole wide world. We still mm -hmm. want to go out. We still want to venture out somewhere. So I'm sure it's the same for them. Like they're trapped in their 
habitat. They don't belong in captivity. They just don't. No, they don't. And unfortunately, there's no other option for them because if you were to throw them into the wild where they belong, they just wouldn't be able to survive. So, you know, I guess the next best thing is having them go to a place like yours where, you know, at least they can live out the rest of their life. It's just beyond heartbreaking. I know that you said this was where you were were doing a Zoom right now. So you have an area where people can come and stay and be with the animals. And and how do people book that? Do they just go onto your website? I mean, it's so adorable. It's so festive in there. I love it. (laughs) They just go right on the website and you can book an overnight. You can book. We call it a member for a day. And it's about a two hour visit where the keepers and the train or the trained volunteers will take you around to each animal and they kind of just tell you their story. And um, the animals, they kind of know the schedule and they know the routine. So they'll always come up. And when you you come out, you'll see that. Wait. And of course, we'll we'll feed them through the fence, you know, just as a reward mm-hmm. or a treat. And a lot of times we'll give them enrichment so they can play. You know, that's another thing. When you put them in captivity, it's not like having a dog where you can leave them at home with another dog all day. They need continuous care and attention. So having the visitors come, they do enjoy well, good. it. I love that. And and what yeah. is the website? And is this where people can also donate? I just want people to be able to find you guys. Yep. It's www.lionstigersandbears.org. It's .org. And we're in San Diego, Alpine, California. It's a great place to come visit anyway. I mean, I love it. It sounds like a dream come true for me. Um, I am so grateful that you made time to do my podcast today. And I mean, you really are just doing God's work for these animals. So thank you for that as well. Thank you, because I think the one biggest problem here is people don't know. And people can't help something they don't know. So thank you for helping us share. Any way that I can help in the future, I I would like to get in, in contact with you. And if you need anything posted or literally anything and everything, please hit me up because I would love to be involved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.